Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ of St. Paul, located in Matamidi, Minnesota. We are a suburban congregation united in Christ and grounded in the values of diversity, solidarity, and witness. You can learn more about us by going to fccstpaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. I feel a little weird. I feel like, you know the story, oh my God, they shrunk the kid. I think that it is, oh my God, they shrunk the pulpit. But... <laughs> A reading from Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. Now let us attend to God's wisdom for us today. Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one that belonged to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. And he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water, let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered him, Master, we have worked all night long and have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. Then they had, when they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help. They came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. Simon Peter saw this. He fell down at the knees of Jesus, said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinner. For all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that had been taken. And so also was James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you'll be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. This ends this reading of this holy word. The second reading comes from Philippians chapter 4, verses 1, 8, and 9. Listen to these familial words. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, 
if there is any excellence, and if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned, that you have received and heard and seen in me. And God of peace will be with you. The signs of this reading of this holy word may be good news to us. It was a hot summer day. My, the youth group that I attended when I was in high school, we had just finished our summer retreat, service retreat in Pittsburgh, and on driving back through Ohio, we had come to a lake that our youth um, leader had picked out a public lake for swimming. And we got in our bathing suits, we went out in the water, and we saw that there were people going up on the left side, or the right side of the lake. And going off, you could see a little cliff. Now, I say little, it's probably about good two to three stories, in my memory at least. And people were jumping off of it. We were all trying to decide whether we were going to do this. I don't know if I was the first one, but I do remember when it was my turn. It's weird. You live in this world where gravity has a constant on you, where you walk around and you see colors. And so we were in like this wooded area and you would come upon this cliff and you started running. Now, normally, being a reasonable person, when you got to the edge of the cliff, you would stop. But in this moment, you let go. You look up, and what was green, dark green, turned into blue in an instant. And you start falling, and falling. And falling. And now I've dived off of many diving boards. And your body gets used to expecting to hit the water. But there's a moment in time when you almost feel like you max out your speed and you're still falling and falling and falling. And this force that you take for granted keeps pulling you down. And then there's a moment. You hit the water, and there's another force pushing you up, the force of the water. And what was light blue turns into this deep, dark green as bubbles start going all around you as you hit the water. Your body doesn't know what to make sense of it. 
It almost feels like the laws of gravity have been broken. These universal things that we just take for granted. Another story. My wife and I, when I was in seminary, we went to a conference in a place called Star Island, which is off of the uh, New Hampshire coast. It's in the middle of the ocean. A part of this journey is that one of the things you can do at this conference is take the polar bear plunge. And what happens is you're supposed to get up really early in the morning, just before sunrise. And the temperature is maybe a comfortable like 60 degrees, so you're really not feeling it. But because you're out in the middle of the ocean, the water temperature is much, much colder. And so you have that similar experience of living in the real world, if you were, and then you jump into this another world where the temperature almost changes. So what felt like what was a normal sun, a summer day turns to this cold winter's experience. You, you tense up and your body holds in that air and then you get to the surface and you release. The more I think about these stories, the more I come to realize that deeply a part of what I understand as the spiritual realm is that ability to interact, to be in water. To jump into the deep end is in some ways, in my humble opinion, in, to jump into a spiritual realm where things that normally you take for granted you don't, that you find a really new and strange world created with new and strange things that you don't normally see in your common life on land. There's no doubt why people see water and bodies of water as being spiritual beings. Today, we read this story of Peter's call. There are three images I want to take away from this. There are three images I want us to think about. First, casting into the deep end. Peter's expression that he is a sinner and Jesus' response, do not be afraid. These three images leads us to explore ministry about mending our meanings through developing a spiritual inventory. There are three important images for me in this lesson. The first is casting out into the deep end. This leads me to explore the connection between experience, insight, and action. 
casting out into the deep end, explores what we make of meaning. When reading scripture, it is interesting to think about what does it mean for us to cast out into the deep end. When mythologists, people who study myth, look to the symbol of water, they often talk about it being the unconscious or the subconscious. For me, that speaks to what I would claim is ourself as having meaning. Those connections that play out in our lives, yet we're not fully aware of them, but yet they are readily accessible. In the same way as if anyone jumps into a lake, they know what they can expect, and yet it is a mystery to behold. So to cast your nets into the deep end is to explore at some very real way those things that control, convey, that are just beyond our ability to be aware. For me, it's about finding meaning. It's about building those relationships between the experience, the insights, and actions. For me, it's about looking for meaning in those relationships, connecting our experience, insights, and actions together so that we're more whole. Peter's expression that he or confession that he is a sinner is a sense of denial of call. Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. When you study mythology, there's a name that is large in the field, Joseph Campbell. He has written a book called The Hero of a Thousand Faces. In this, he outlines a hero's journey. It's kind of an outline of a narrative that he says is common throughout all major mythologies. One of those pieces is the denial of call. This is when you, the hero, the main character, if you will, has this experience where this longing to be something else, to go somewhere else, and he chooses not. It's a part of every hero called myth, Campbell argues. I think this is profound because I think it is a common human experience to allow our fear to control us that we suffer our brokenness as opposed to mending our meaning. 
mending our meaning. There are certain types of meanings that we have easy access to, that we can easily acknowledge. And there are other meanings that are much more harder to get a hold of. There are meanings we want to acknowledge, and there are meanings that we cannot. Mending our meaning requires to bring those together. It requires us to understand the connections between the things that we have readily, readily accessed and to those things that we are not really comfortable with. It's about both swimming at the top of the lake and diving down deep into the lake. We do this by building confidence, by describing those relationships we can acknowledge so that we can then explore the relationships we don't want to acknowledge. It's about having that conversation with these meanings in our lives. What would it be like for us to mend our meaning. What would it be like to see that the ministry we do is about mending people's meanings in their life, seeing how God encounters them, how we live into that belief. This is where the Philippians text comes to me. If there is anything of excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and you have received and heard and seen in me. The first part is about putting our focus on what is good. It is not about denying what is bad. It is about focusing on what is good and true. But I want to get to that second part. Keep on doing the things that you have learned, that you have received, that you have heard, and you have seen in me. I want to flip it on its head. The things you have learned and seen in me. What are those? experiences. The things you have learned and received, what is that? But coming to understand, keep on doing, what is that? Acting out of our faith. For me, it's about seeing how we encounter God in our lives, how we grow a faith out of that encounter, and how we live out of that. And for me, one of the most powerful tools, which is fairly simple and easily accessible almost to everyone, is what I have put in your bulletins. It is a very simple chart. On one side, on one column is the date. On 
the next column following it is a question. In what way did you encounter God? Then the next question, what do you believe about God? And how do you act out of this belief in your daily life or in your life? It's that third column. I have found that this type of tool is really powerful for me to understand God in my life, to be able to make my sense of where my faith is calling me to go. It's a tradition I kind of try to do this at the end of my day, right before I go to bed, to reflect on what have I experienced in my life? How, what I believe about that? And how can I live out of that in the future? Now here comes the hard part. This part of the sermon in my outline says, get real with them. <laughs> you know, we are in a day of change. I don't see this community existing as the way it does right now for much longer. The possibility that this community exists in five years, I'll be honest with you, we may not. I love you all. I value what you have given me. But if we are going to move from this place, if we are going to live into what God has called us to be, we have to do this. We have to do this on a regular basis. We have to do this as kind of the core of our experience. We have to do this as the core of our confession in our ministry. We have to do this as an ability to live out of the faith that we believe in. You know, last night, like maybe many of you, I was watching the Olympics. I don't know why, but I find curling really interesting. Throwing rocks down ice. That, but yet... But yet, it is amazing to watch both this kind of feat of physical endurance and of mental tenacity. You wonder how long these people practice their shots, how many times they have to redo it and replay that game. It's about a mental fortitude and a physical nature. It also makes me wonder if I could do it. Although, I'll be honest with you, I probably can't. Because I haven't practiced it as much. 
as they have. I haven't lived that life. For me, they are able to do what they did because they practice it constantly. That it becomes just a part of their life. This is what we need to do to be where we need God wants us to be in our life. We have to be able to do this like we do any exercise, like we do any discipline. You know, I would love to stand here and say I have a five-point plan for what I see the church to be in the next five, 10, 15, well, how many years you want. One of those points would be we probably have to move out of this building. It is no longer, while it is a resource, it is no longer something that we can fully use to its fullest ability. That's point one. The rest of them, I don't know. But this is what I do know. Doing this will help us figure out what those other points are. Living into the promises we find as we think through these things, that is what is going to help us get to that point beyond. There's a song I love. It's not a Christian song per se. It's by a woman named Nora Jane Struthers. It's called Traveling On. She normally closes her concerts with it. And it tells this story about a woman who was a baby, a child, an adult, and a old folk. And in the beginning, she says, when I was a baby child, my mommy would rock me side by side, would put me down, and I would take off, traveling on. And it goes through her story of her life, getting her bicycle, driving in her sister's car, moving on. And now she has a cane, and now she's sitting in the chair. The last stanza I find so hopeful. Now I sit in my rocking chair, Grandbabies crawling everywhere. Soon I will be with the angel band. With wings to fly, I will not stand. I'll be traveling on. Not afraid of traveling on. I'm not afraid of traveling, traveling, traveling on. My hope for all of us is that we can live into that hope of traveling on through doing this.
brothers and sisters in Christ, family of Christ, I'm traveling on. I'm not afraid of traveling on. I'm not afraid of traveling, traveling, traveling on. May it be so with you too. Amen, amen, amen. We hope today's sermon podcast was nourishment to your soul. If you'd like to know more about First Christian Church of St. Paul, please visit our website at fccstpaul.org. That's F-C-C-S-A-I-N-T-P-A-U-L dot org. May God be with you in the coming week.